When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Kia ora and good morning to all of Aotearoa. It is Monday the 9th of August and we are just after 6am in the morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis and we have a huge show today as well. We've got so much to talk about. We've got the All Blacks, we've got the Lions, we've got the Netball, we've got the Olympics... We've got plenty to get through. Give us a call at any stage on 0800 150 811 or text us on double eight double three on Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Cannot wait to bring you a big show today and um, also cannot wait to bring in my co-host, Izzy Dag, who's had a big weekend too. Good morning, brother. Yeah, good morning, Baz. Great to be back on the airways with you, my brother. Yep, it's been an awesome weekend. Went down to... Queenstown and uh, took the wife away, no kids, it was uh, nice and relaxing and uh, had some good times with some good friends and family, so it was awesome mate, how, how was your weekend? My weekend was good mate, but not nearly as eventful as your weekend, what did I do, Friday I was still in the big smoke, so you departed yep. and uh, listen I stuck around for another day and um, Made a little trip down to the Paddington pub, which was quite good. Had a couple of pints there and uh, with old Louie and and also JD, who's um, Smitty's producer, and that was that was a bit of fun. Then I just sort of punted my way through the day as Liz went shopping. Then um, went out for dinner in the big smoke, which was lovely. And then we made our way back down to um, Matter Matter on Saturday and watched a bit of Riley's rugby and then... Kind of just just chilled, pretty pretty relaxing weekend, mate. Not nearly as adventurous as what you got up to down in Queenstown. I didn't think you were going to make it back this morning, actually, after that photo of it snowing, snow settling. It was on the, pretty touch and go. Of course, at Millbrook, it was pretty touch and go, Bears. Obviously, yesterday I sent you that photo. It was actually, oh, it was a beautiful sight. You know, we often don't see it snowing very often down in Christchurch. So sitting in an arrow town there, and you know the the mountains were just all closing in with the fog and then it just starts snowing and then I sent you guys a photo just to throw you into a little bit of a Sunday panic. I said, lads, I might not make it home. It's snowing very, very hard here and there are a couple of friends were trying to fly back to Auckland and uh, that was sitting on the tarmac for about an hour and a half so I was thinking maybe I'm not going to make it here today but I made it. I had a great weekend. Uh, apologies for the voice. I thought I was Freddie Mercury. I tucked my... My shirt into my jeans, and I was 
singing Radio Gaga. And I was just like, <laughs> I, I went a bit too hard. I'm like, That's why the voice is a little bit croaky today. So bear with me if you're out there. Uh, I'll get through it and um, have some fun while we're doing it. Bazza. Yeah, just from the singing, no doubt. Well, that's a good good call, actually. When you mentioned that to me last night, you said you were singing some old school bangers. And I thought, I wonder what some of the some of the people out there, what their old school bangers, what their favourite ones are. So send us a text on double eight double three for some of your old school bangers. What's your favourite theirs? You reckon Radio Gaga's out Well, there? I love what Freddie else? Mercury. Bohemian Rhapsody, like, greatest movie. I love I love a bit of Freddie. So anything with, with Freddie Mercury, Queen, that's always goes down the tree. Um, love a little Dire Straits, Salt in the Swings. Um, <laughs> what else? Just, just anything that, that that gets the crew going, you know. The voices you should have seen it. Everyone thought they could sing, and the funniest thing is, it was so loud that I was singing every word wrong. But you know, everyone just sees the mouth moving, and as long as the similar kind of mouth movement movement to the word, you actually feel like you're so powerful. And then it starts, it gets quiet into a break, and then everyone gets all shy, and they all look around, and then once it gets loud again, they riff into it. Um, but love a good old school classic sing along, and it was good. Uh, set four. I just couldn't like obviously. I think I got to sleep about two, and then. But with this new job, I couldn't sleep in past six thirty-seven. <laughs> so I was getting up. My wife was sleeping all day, and I was just watching her going, "Oh my gosh, I could just go to sleep." But the body clocks just used to getting up at four thirty to to five every morning, so I just couldn't sleep in. It was painful, painful Sunday. Well, you managed to get through it this morning. With I, I saw you on the screen just before, though. It just was a little treat. So when you went away and left the kids with the babysitter, and then she she did a bit of baking for you. She did a bit of baking. So I'm not a. I don't really usually eat before before lunch, but I go into the kitchen, and the kids have been with our amazing neighbour Mandy Chambers. A lot of love out to her. She had the kids. She's got no kids. And she had our kids on Friday, from Friday to Sunday. So I, we arrived home last night at 10.30 and it felt, I looked at her and I was like, her eyes were nearly popping out of her head. She was that tired because she just gets rings, rings around her. Kids get away with absolutely anything when she's looking after them. But anyway, I turned back up at home and um, she's baked. She's baked blueberry muffins. They're absolutely amazing. They look so good. So I bought one out and I had one for breakfast on the, on the end. You couldn't believe it. <laughs> well, I was just really getting the party started, really get a Monday going, eh? Just a little blueberry muffin get you underway. I was a bit jealous, actually. What What about the song, Baz? Brian Adams, Summer of 69. That is an absolute classic. How good is that song? You'd be, a good, yeah. you'd be a good karaoke singer, wouldn't you? Oh, mate, one of the absolute worst so I, I don't, I can't sing. Like I can't sing. I can't dance. I reckon I've got no rhythm, no beat, and I'm tone deaf. Outside of that, I would be up there. Would be one of the best karaoke singers here. And I'm also just, I'd have to be. Yeah, you know, I'm not even going to mention. It. Like I hate it with a passion. I reckon the only, I've only danced like twice in my life. Once of them was at my wedding, and I just cannot stand it. To me, Which it's was sort a of, there's two stance. types of blokes. Yep. You either. Yeah, you, there's two types of blokes, right? You either one is you're you're a dancer, and the other is you stand lean against the bar. And I know which one I am. So, yeah, I'm not. It's not really my forte, but I do enjoy other people singing and getting right into it. And yeah, I'm yeah. 
I, I think it's one of those things which is best left to those who enjoy it. Those who have got the flair like yourself is rather than trying to <laughs> sort of make a flair. No, I thought, I thought I had the flair. Anyway, yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, but um, when it started snowing heavily, me and Vic DeVito thought it would be a great idea. We'll just go out and play one hole. We're staying at Millbrook there. <laughs> and we went out and started playing golf in bare feet, shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> and when we ran out there, Everyone just couldn't believe it. There's people just yelling out to us, look at them, they're in bare feet. What are they doing? Have they lost the plot? <laughs> we thought it would just be a funny idea, but it's not very often, um, you know, Samoan and a, and a Māori boys in, in Queenstown, um, you know, go and play golf in, in, in Millbrook, and it's snowing. So me and my good mate thought it would be a great idea to head out there and and play some golf. So uh, it was good fun. It was good crack. He, and, um, he's yeah, in pretty good next to it. It's a sport. He's in great nick. He's playing in um he's in La Rochelle in France, so he heads back in about a week. He's play he's been there for four years and in four years he's played over a hundred games for La Rochelle. And uh he's uh, he took on Jerome Kleiner, I think, in the final for Toulouse. He said I've just lost the last two finals, so he's keen to go back and hopefully uh get that French top fourteen trophy, which he's very, very um, keen to do so. But one more year, I think, for, for the big man, Victor, over in France. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's keen to go back and get the title. I'm sure he's pretty keen to go back and get a little bit of the Euro as well. Is that what they get paid in over there, the Euro? Yeah, yeah, they get paid in the Euro. But I think the biggest, the best thing about it is um, his kids have been over there. So his kids, he's got Carlos, um, he's got a little daughter, Talia. And then he's got another one, a little boy called Cruz. And uh, so they're over in France, and he says to me, his little son Carlos is actually fluent French, and he's only little, he's six years old. So how good would that be? Like, little Carlos comes back to New Zealand, and he goes back to school, and he can speak two languages, and French language is such a beautiful language if you can actually, uh, you know, do it and speak it. So that's the biggest thing I get from that. Your kids grow up. They're, they're surrounded by French um, speaking. They come back, they can speak two languages, so when they go to school, they're a great opportunity. So that's probably the biggest thing I get from, from Victor going over there. He just loves to have his kids are bilingual. They come back and they can speak two languages. Can you speak? Oh, three any... languages, actually, because he can speak Samoan, so he's teaching his kids, his kids Samoan, uh, English, and French. How good's that? No, I can't speak anything. Give it a try. I can hardly speak it's English, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, give it a little whirl. Oh, no, here's another text. Give it, what about this text? The gambler, Kenny Rogers, sleep training at Rickon and oh. Track. Big, sh big shout out to all trainers this morning. Cheers, Dick did him. Oh, good stuff. Big shout out to all the trainers. Getting it done in the sleet and the rain down in Christchurch. The Gambler, Kenny Rogers, you beauty. What a song that is. That is that is a great song, Baz, The Gambler. And a uh, story about The Gambler is that that's Steve Hansen's favourite song. So every bus ride after every test, just before you get back to the hotel, this is it was all planned, you know, routine, every game. So we're driving back to the hotel. So our last song before we get off the bus, Steve, The Gambler. Long summer's evening. On a train bound for nowhere, for met nowhere. up with a gambler. <laughs> we were both too tired to speak, and alone. And <laughs> so there you go. That's yeah, Steve Hansen's favourite song. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know the next word, so I gave up. 
<laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Speaking of gambling, geez, we remember remember last week we put a little multi on. Yeah. Remember Paul yes. Mawadi was on, Louis jumped in, you were there, I had a little flutter. All four of us, we had a four leg multi. Remember Angus Smitty's son rang up and said we're cowboys. Mm-hmm. Because we missed the first yep. league, which was a brave league. You know, we went for odds. Apologies. Well, well I, no, that's okay. No, nothing ventured, nothing gained. But those of us who kept the faith, like we do in the Warriors, those of us who kept the faith and reinvested into the remaining three legs of that multi, well, it was a fill-up. Because the Warriors beat the Sharks 18-16, so a $3.35 pay. Thank you. The Titans... Then beat the Cowboys, so that was the dollar thirty, and the Panthers twelve and under, twenty to fourteen over the Roosters two ninety five. I put a little fifty buck on that one, got myself seven hundred and fifteen dollars back. So that just just oh. so happens that sometimes, if you're listening on the show, you might make some money. We are not complete Cowboys. <laughs> we have a little bit of a skill at this thing. When we get it right. So stay with us and we'll get you paid. So there we go, Kenny Rogers. That and is all not, those who that follow is not Bears your only win. Breakfast. That is not your only win. Bears, tell us about that other <laughs> tinny win that you had. That I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, put it this way. I'm at no stage here am I proclaiming to be a great punter, okay? And over the course of my life, I'm definitely <laughs> on the negative side. So let me state that at the very outset. But over the weekend, I had a good weekend. So I went out to feed the horses, but before I went out, there was race five at Murray Bridge, and I saw this little, this little outsider, which Erin Boyd was riding. It was drawn three. It was carrying. She was carrying fifty-four kilos. It was fresh up, and it was a horse called Whirly's Last Chance. And I'm thinking, well, Whirly's Last Chance, fresh up. The irony in that, and I thought I'll put a little twenty each way on it. So I put twenty dollars each way on it. Later on that night, I checked my account. And what do you know? It's paid $126 for the win and $26 for the place, and it's won, is he? So how's about that? Got ah. myself a little three three pianos in the old Skyrocket. Thank you very much. So good I weekend. Good weekend you, on the pub. Did you, te- did you tell us? Did you tell us that you had a wee win, or you just tell her half the story like I do? Yeah, no, I, I messed that one up. I was so excited. I actually just, um, I did tell her. And now that's, I said to her, don't tell me what to do with that money, though, because I need to punt freely. I can't punt with restrictions <laughs> hanging over my head, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. You only, t- you only yeah. tell them but half hey, the I, winnings, mate. You only tell them half the winnings. Yeah, I know. I should have. Oh, you should have told me that beforehand, though. All right, now I'm cooked, aren't I? Yeah, so anyway, I'm not proclaiming at any stage to be a great punter. So let me just put that out there. There's nothing worse than me just saying, well, I've won. I win all the time. I don't. I lose a lot. So, But over the weekend, I got one over our mates of the TAB. So thanks, Paul Mwadi and everyone else. Absolute gold. Louis, you look like you're keen to, uh, to jump in on this. Oh, no, not really. It's just kind of vomiting in a bucket out the back, thinking about how bad my punting was Why? over the weekend. <laughs> I'm out of jealousy. Enjoy other people's successes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if it was like an eighty-six dollar shot, a hundred and twenty-six dollars. <laughs> that is unbelievable, Baz. Yeah, no, I was pretty happy with it, Louis. I was pretty happy with it. But anyway, that's that's okay. We've got to go somewhere, don't we? Where are we off to? Oh, that's right, Chemist Warehouse. 
Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's 18 minutes past six on a Monday. We are cracking through. Anyway, big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 22 minutes past six o'clock in the morning, a Monday morning, a fine one at that. And remember, we've got one week to go for our call of the month to win this All Blacks experience. Be a part of SCNZ by calling the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 150 811 at any stage. We're going to announce our caller of the week later in the show this morning. It's all thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on SCNZ. And if you text to any stage, double eight, double three, what do you do? You go in the draw. Well, you don't. You give yourself the chance to win to be the text of the month and win a temper queen bed valued at $10,000 for the text of the month. The text of the week wins a temper pillow worth $299. So double eight, double three at any stage throughout the morning. We love to hear from you. And we loved the Olympics. Well, I certainly did this time around. A lot of chat before them. But once they started, Baz, I found myself fully involved and fully um, knee-deep every day when I go off the show, straight home, watching the Olympics. I really enjoyed the experience. Yeah, well, you're a sports nuffy as well, to be fair, Louis. So, of course, you're going you're gonna to be in mm, heavily sure. involved in it. So, yeah, I enjoyed it too, mate, to be honest. Um, I think we questioned... Uh, Smitty, right at the start, we asked him, would, would the Olympics mm. on a sleeper, on a temper sleep on it question, we said to him, will the Olympics make the closing ceremony? Well, closing ceremony is done and dusted. And you've got to say is that the Olympics are an absolute success, especially for our athletes. Yeah, well well done to uh, the Olympic Committee and organisation. Oh, like we doubted it right at the start. Uh, we, we probably thought that it probably shouldn't go ahead. All the cases, there's still obviously cases... Uh, you know, that are skyrocketing in Tokyo. So well done to to all involved for creating such an, a special event. I know a lot of the Olympians loved it. Obviously, without the crowds, it would have been a different feeling and a different feel altogether. But, man, they really embraced it. And, and even the coverage, you know, the coverage on TV, it still made it enjoyable to watch. What I loved about it was the timing, especially for us Kiwis. Like, I think in London, we had to watch it all through the night. So we probably... Didn't embrace it as much as as the Tokyo because it was on throughout the whole day. So whenever you turned the TV on during the day or you just jumped in bed at night, there was always something fun and enjoyable to watch. Um, and what a, what a wonderful Olympics for Kiwi athletes. You know, Lisa Carrington, well, we spoke about her pretty much every day of the week, how special she is, five gold medals, um, a bronze, just such a special, special athlete. She'll go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest Olympian we've ever had. And then you got the Michael Venus, Marcus Daniel, the, the the tennis players in the doubles winning bronze, probably the first medal. Well, it is the first medal that any Kiwi uh, tennis players have ever won at at the Olympics. So pretty special. Uh, what was your one of your highlighted moments of, of that Olympics, Baz? Yeah, mate, I think Lisa Carrington for me was, was right up there. Um, she's just an absolute weapon, eh? <laughs> like, just, she is the winks of, of canoeing. And, yeah, she just is so impressive to watch and, and the way that she seems to carry herself and, and what she does for, for the country. So that would probably be my highlight. In, a, in an event which I don't know a great deal about either, mate, and I guess that's the beauty of mm. the Olympics, is that you find yourself gravitating towards these different kinds of sports and, and that raises hopefully raises the profile of them not just for the olympics but a bit ongoing as well so i'd say lisa carrington i really enjoyed um lydia co um and her performance and 
and particularly that playoff, just she is just such, and I know she's a good friend of yours as well, just such a tremendous ambassador for the game of golf and also New Zealand as well, the way she carries herself and and just her her generosity and, and sportsman, uh, sportswomanship. Do you say sportswomanship or sportsmanship? Uh, I don't quite understand that, yep. one, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so she's just a, a tremendous ambassador, um, and I really enjoyed that moment too. Oh, there's just so many, so many great moments throughout. So, what would be your favourite then? Yeah, well, that, that's a great one. I obviously reached out to Lids, and um, she's such a special shoe. I'm just so proud of her. Obviously, a lot of her. Yeah, she's had to go through so many changes. Um, you know, all those years where she wasn't quite performing, but she stuck at it. She showed re- resilience, perseverance to to stick with it. A lot of people would have gave up, you know, in those tough times, but she stuck at it. She found figured out what she needed and what made her tick, and what what you know what's what what those changes are. We'll have to find out because hopefully we can have a chat to her later in the week. I've reached out. She said maybe, so we'll see how that goes. It'd be great to get her on here. But anyone out there? Give us a text, double eight, double three. What, what was with your special moment? What you loved about these Olympics? Because they are such a special. I know there's a lot of people out there that are hurting, seeing that that closing ceremony um, last night with Valerie Adams carrying the flag, and how awesome was it to see Val go over there, uh, two kids to go over and win bronze medal. Um, man, there's just so many. Uh, very, very proud. And I think um, that trampolinist. I watched the. Um, I think I watched the video on TV about what he's done to get to where he is and probably went over there not expecting to get a medal and then comes home with a bronze medal and the trampoline. Like, how cool is that? Something that's probably not, we don't really watch it at all unless there's Olympics on and him to go over there and win bronze. That's pretty, that's a cool story for me is the trampoline bronze. Yeah, there's so many cool stories right throughout the entire Olympics, and we're going to get to chat to one of the Olympians later in the show, and Tom Walsh, who's going to join us. We've also got Helene Wilson from the Mystics, and they were successful last night over the tactics. They won 61-59, the cliffhanger. We've got Jeff Wilson, old golden one. He's going to dissect the ABs <laughs> game with us, and, and then you've gone deep into your contact book as well, and we've got Will Carling to talk us through well, how boring the Lions were, really, in their defeat to South Africa, but we'll get, we'll get on to that lay, a little bit later on. <laughs> but we've got to get to Trudy shortly with the news and for Kubota. But Trudy, is it sportsmanship or sportswomanship? What's what? What do we actually say? I would say sportsmanship, like good sportsmanship, automatically, whether that's chick, chick or dude. <laughs> but these days, you don't really know, do you? So I didn't. I didn't step out of line anyway. But anyway, that's Trudy with the with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Absolutely, Trudy. 28 minutes away from seven. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Some great texts coming through, double eight, double three. And every time you text, you're putting yourself in the draw to win a temper queen-size bed valued at $10,000. And the text of the week, that's for the text of the month, the text of the week wins a temper pillow, which you just want to have. Time for a bit of a love racing update, Izzy and Baz. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing, loveracing.nz. We've heard about Baz's exploits over there. At, where was it? Murray Bridge? Murray Bridge, that's right. You never miss out at Murray Bridge. you just got to be on, Louis. <laughs> you got to find an outsider at Murray Bridge. There's a life lesson I didn't know I needed, but we'll, um, I'll <laughs> take that. The, the 124th running of the Winter Cup, the Winning Edge 
presentations, 124th Winter Cup down there at Rickerton was run and won by the Taplins Ritani. What a great ride by Kozi Asano getting up at a lovely quote of $21.530. Just ask me, the heavily backed Sharrick runner drifted late. You could actually get $2.20 a place there, ran second, very flash for Dummy Myers rounding out the placings. And up at Ruakaka, it was a great, a great day's racing. Acutus saluted. We tipped that one out on Friday. Izzy, did you tip it out to your golf buddies? No, no, I didn't. I didn't tip it out. But we were. Uh, I was. I was listening to you boys all on the text chat saying, "Did you get on this? Did you get on that?" No, I didn't have a punt on the weekend. I. Uh, I was well behaved in that sense. I, to be honest, I've still got ninety six cents in my account, so <laughs> I haven't got any spare change to top up that account. So, Baz, if you can, uh, yeah, uh, just give me a wee loan, mate. That'll be really, really appreciated. Mate, I'm sure we can get you a bonus bet out of the TAB at some stage. What about as well the Punters oh. Club on uh, the Good Oil on Saturday? Absolute fill up there too. Clado, Tainer, and Luke Kemi's your good mate. Three and a half, a three point, what three thousand seven hundred dollars on the last race they won with hail damage. What an absolute fill up that was too. Oh, it was an awesome effort from the lads. They left it to the last to get it done. Uh, Izzy, I tell you what, your your bank account or your TAB account. It might be short, but it's probably better than mine because mine is also at 96 cents, except there's been a lot of turnover that's gone through there over the weekend. So that gives you a hint of somehow Akutis won my best of the day and I still ended up down. So that probably tells you everything I need to know. But that's all right. Tom Walsh after the break. Is that right, Baz? Yep, it is. It sure is. So it's 6.35 in the morning on a Monday. Monday, we're lifting though, and we're going to lift with Tom Walsh after the break. 20 minutes away from seven this morning. I'm Baz Nizzi for breakfast. And at SCNZ, together with Rebel Sport, who are celebrating 25 years, we are compiling New Zealand's top 25 sporting moments from the last 25 years. Text double eight double three what you think should be on that list. We'll compile them and count them down from Thursday. Izzy, I, I dare say there will probably be a few moments from this year's Olympics on that list because it's been a special one, hasn't it? That's been a very special one. A very, very special Olympics. And we're very, very special and lucky enough to welcome in a good friend of mine. He's a Kiwi as they come and now a back-to-back medalist at the Olympic Games, which is a huge achievement. None of this this can change the fact, listen to this, that he doesn't hit bombs off the tee, though. Hey, hey, Tommy Walsh, welcome in, mate. Morning. Gee, good morning. Thanks for that great introduction. You know, way to bring me back down to earth. <laughs> no, no, I've uh, I've been very proud of you, mate. We can't wait till you get back and, and join us on the Wednesday Wednesday golf. Bluey's missing you. Yeah, no, it's always a good group of guys. Apart from you, mate, it's always better when you're not around. But, uh, <laughs> now, a few more months until I can get back and, and hit some bombs with you. I'll try and hit some bombs with you. Hey, um, it's been a few days since, uh, you know, you got that bronze medal, mate. How's the emotions um, after, after the games? Uh, it's not too bad, mate. It was, um, you know, it, it probably hit me straight afterwards in terms of, you know, what I accomplished and, and I guess all the stuff that I'd, I'd been through personally, but also everyone had been through personally in my team and, and uh, you know, how mm. much... 
you know, doubt had crept in over the year, uh, over the last 18 months, and how I got through that, and, and how we, you know, how we got myself back in shape and, and in, the, in the position where I was actually capable of throwing a distance that, you know, I could have won with. Um, but I just didn't quite nail things on the day, but um, still, you know, extremely proud um, of how I how I went about things, but uh, a little bit frustrated that I didn't quite nail it, um, you know, and, and, and bring home the goal. Tommy, it's Baz here, mate. You, you mentioned the word doubt then. Because externally you seem very calm and, and very confident and you project quite a uh, at-peace kind of athlete. You, you had some doubts throughout the year leading into the Olympics? Oh, for sure, mate. Um, yeah, it, uh, it had been, you know, about 80 months between international comps and then, um, and this is where, I guess, social media and stuff like that isn't the greatest all the time, but... You know, you hear people kind of saying, you know, has, has Tommy still got it? You know, he's only throwing 21 mids. You know, has he still got it? Is he over the hill kind of thing? And then, you know, you try not to believe it as much as you can, <laughs> as much as you can. But then, you know, you have one or two or three bad competitions, which was my, you know, start of my um, European and American campaign. And, and then you start, you know, listening to the critics. And I'm sure you guys, as, as you, I'm sure you guys know, you know, it's... it's it's sometimes hard to, when you're not getting the results to, to keep, you know, plugging away and keep saying, yeah, you're doing the right stuff. But um, I'm pretty lucky that I'm surrounded by, you know, a lot of good people um, and who, you know, keep, keep me pointing in the right direction and, and, and keep, uh, you know, and, and, and they keep reminding me of things that I am doing well and things that, things that are succeeding. And um, as you guys know, success and progression isn't a straight line. You know, it, it, it ebbs and flows and ups and downs. So uh, I think you've, you've kind of got to remind, remember that sometimes too. Talking to Tom Walsh, fresh from an Olympic bronze medal, joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So, mate, you, just how, how was it, like, what was it that allowed you to then get out of that, those doubts and that, that funk and to be able to then turn up and deliver such... A good performance at these Olympic Games. Was there any anything you had to do in particular, or did it just take a, a real firm belief and 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 peaking at the right time? Yeah, it was. Um, there was a few things that I did. Um, one thing was was start to um, you know remember what was going well. So whether it was training sessions, whether I was doing PBs and training sessions, was kind of like ticking off things. So I'm like, yeah, well, I'm progressing there. So I must be getting better. Then I, you know, I threw a big PB with a with a shot in, in, in training one day, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, you got to keep, you know, you can pat yourself on the back. It's not all doom and gloom. And then there was a few things. There was, um, you know, uh, I kept asking myself, what is fear? And so fear isn't real. Fear is something you make up. Unless there's a lion or or a tiger or or you know maybe Izzy standing next to you, that's fear. But uh, <laughs> but when you're when you're in an athletics competition. It's, that's not there's no fear, um, so that's kind of you, you make that up. So you kind of got to keep reminding yourself about that, and then also another thing I, I reminded myself was, and, and asked myself the question was, what happens if I don't perform? And you know, yes, I'd still I'd still have all my mates back home. Yes, um, I'd be pissed off, um, but the people that love me and who are around me would still be there. And so with those two type of you know, thoughts that I'd, or, and, and things that I think about every day, I kind of started to change the narrative about, you know, I have to, I have to perform here. Well, no, it doesn't, I don't have to. And, and, and then when I kind of got rid of the fear around having to perform, 
it gave me a lot more freedom. Um, and then, and then I started to have that confidence again, you know, two or three weeks before before the game. So, um, you know, it did take me a long time, and and it wasn't the training side; it was more the, you know, the thought patterns around training and stuff like that. Mate, that's awesome. That it really, uh, I spoke about that the other day when I was bogged down, and when I was, I just had a busy mind. I was, I was trying to impress too many people, and it was making me tired. And and. <laughs> You know, it was really unrealistic. So it, f- it sounds like you've just shrunk your circle, finding finding that why you do this, and 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 it's paid off in the, in the end. Is that right? Yeah, mate, that's that's bang on. Um, and you know, like uh, another saying, one of the, I've got a few things, mantras of mine, but one of the sayings is that uh, I've got nothing to lose and everything to, to gain because you know, before I throw, it's not like I've already thrown it and I've already won it, or I've thrown a certain distance. I haven't. So, And if you look at it that way, you know, I'm coming into the circle and I've got everything to gain with this throw or, you know, with this you know, um, jump or whatever it is. So, um, And that's much more of a positive way to look at things um, than, than if you're thinking you've got everything to lose. So, uh, And it's not mm. easy to do, and it's not as simple as that, and that, that really took me probably about five or six weeks to turn, turn that around. Um, but... Uh, um, I managed to do it with, with some help from, from people on my team, which I'm pretty lucky to have. Mate, awesome work. Great great honesty, and uh, I'm sure you'll be helping a lot of people out there. Um, 22-47, your season's best to win bronze at, at the Olympics. You're going up against Ryan Krause and Joe Kovacs, and they're throwing 23-30. That's uh, just under a, a metre. What, what, what do we have to do to, to close that gap up? Are they just absolute... Animals and beasts at what they do. <laughs> oh yeah, mate. Look, I think uh, Ryan Krause is the guy who's just broken the world record, so he's kind of got his mojo at the moment, and things are just you know lining up. Um, and I know there is you know about a metre between me and him at the Olympic Games, but um, you got to remember he threw it on that last throw when he'd already won, and all the pressure was taken off, and and so forth. So yeah. um, he's not really that that much ahead of me. He was only um, 40 centimetres ahead of me before that. Um, and and yeah. and you know what it's like when, and Baz knows what it's like when, when things are coming on and going fast and things are working out. You know, it's all good. Um, but you know, I'm I'm kind of knocking on the door, and and things are almost lining up, and yeah. and I know that I'm in you know 23 metre shape, and and hopefully with. With the next few competitions, um, you know, I'll, I'll be be able to push pretty close to that um, if I if I get my timing down and, and my mojo back. Awesome. Well, knowing you, Tommy, you're an absolute driven person, and even just talking to you, you can see how fascinating your mindset is as well. Um, how do you then get a little mm. bit more length off your driver, mate, on the golf? Because you're for a big man, you hit the ball very <laughs> short off the tee. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me back down to earth as well, Pat. Um, I don't know, mate. Maybe I should talk to Flynn because he seems to have a, a lot of ideas about how to swing and, and things like that. But uh, I don't know, mate. Maybe it's just not for me hitting, hitting bombs off the tee. <laughs> Hey, mate, I'll give you that. I'll give you the one thing though. You're great out of the bunker. I think last time we played, you chipped in out of the bunker. So you're not bad. You're not that bad. Your short game's very good. <laughs> yeah, I've got silky touch, soft hands, mate. You know, soft hands, really. <laughs> oh, hey, mate, yeah. I'm looking forward to you getting back. I know the golf uh, crew really uh, can't wait to just celebrate your success over at the Olympics. We're very proud of you, mate. You went over there, represented 
New Zealand with, with pride. So uh, thanks very much for joining us and good luck over in Atlanta. We'll see you soon, bud. Sweet as um, thanks for the Baz for having me on and, and really looking forward to uh, the golf boys being invited around to your house at some point too as you and uh, woman you're having a good old housewoman. <laughs> yeah, no worries, mate. You'll be the first to get the invite. Cheers, Tommy. <laughs> thanks, guys. Oh, that's well, there you go, Baz. Right. Yeah, mate, fascinating mindset. Eh? You can just see why he's at the very top of the tree and in a sport where the margins are so small and pressures are so so big, he is doing it for us all around the world and Olympic bronze medalist and and more to come, no doubt. Also more to come is Quizzy Dag, mate, your favourite period. So make sure you get calling 0800 for a crack at the Quizmaster. There is master coming up very soon. It is 6.50 and this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Kia ora and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're just after 7am on Monday, the 9th of August and we are straight into the quiz because we didn't finish it even though Izzy tried to run off with the money. The money's for you all. So finish it off please, Iz. Well, well, I'm too soft. I'm too hard. What, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> All right, here we go. Simon, joining us. Simon, question number four. Name one of the two Western Australia-based AFL sides. The Fremantle Dockers. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. That's what I needed. That's what I needed. Dockers. <laughs> okay, last one to win 50 bucks. How many medals did New Zealand win at the Tokyo Olympics? Uh, 20, was it? 20? Exactly 20? Yes. Well done, Simon. Yeah, well we done, Simon. Yay! We got a winner. Awesome, <laughs> mate. You won tw- uh, 50 bucks courtesy of the TAB. So uh, hold the line and the lads will sort you out. Thanks very much. Have a great one. Well, there, you, there you go, Baz. There you no, go, he's Baz. gone. He's gone, mate. He, he's basking. He's basking in the, in the cash that you've been giving out, mate. Well done. You couldn't have taken the money, mate. You can't run. You can't run that oh, sort of rule where you get you run a quiz and then take the prize yourself. Well, I can. It's it's quizzy, is he? Not quizzy, bazzy. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. He's got a point. Got a point. <laughs> if we all if no, we all swim no. between the flags, I've... no one's going to drown, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my good friend. No, I just, uh, I thought, you know, I'll just make it a bit harder and if no one gets it, we'll just go go to tomorrow. But no, Simon won the gravy at the end, so it's all good. But we've got some awesome texts here, yeah. Baz. I'll just read one out, eh? Um, yeah, go. Here we go. Morning, lads. Just wanted to text in and say this would have, be, would have to be my favourite Olympics ever. I think the athletes being away from friends and family has given it another edge. This has been seen in the interviews with families back here. Every night my wife and I watch the Olympics. She's not the biggest sports fan. A couple of days into it, she goes, I finally get what sports is about. The heartbreak, the joy and pride that these athletes demonstrated to her, the pure emotion behind sport. The media, the media have done a wonderful job of covering, including yourselves. Cheers, Joanne. What a message like that. That's what it's all about, eh, Bez? Yeah, it's spot on, mate. It is, and you know, it, it, I have to agree as well. Like the coverage has been fantastic, and 
some of those interviews with all the family, etc., has just been magnificent. Just to see exactly what it means. All those families, I'm sure, would have loved to have been there, but they haven't been able to. But they've been able to celebrate from afar. Speaking of celebrating, well, this man's not celebrating, is he? Is but he might give us a little bit of an insight into what's been happening over in South Africa, is he? Your good friend is on the line. Yep, he's a good man. Another brutal lion series has come to a close with South Africa. Uh, yeah, what a series it was, eh, Baz? Um, with the, with lions, obviously going over there, probably a little bit disappointed. Um, with how it all ended, well, they will be obviously losing, but I don't think they played the Lions rugby that that we're used to. You know, only scoring two tries out of three games, three Test matches, um, and they'll buy forwards. So as a as a back, you'd be pretty pretty disappointed. The weather didn't play a factor over there. The conditions were perfect. So reality is, is it is it South Africa? They played extremely well, or did the Lions just under fire? Yeah, well, I, I thought. Mate, I thought the um, the Lions could have been a little bit more aggressive personally. I sort of thought that um, watching the games, I sort of thought Warren Gatlin, he might be a little more, a little braver with some of their tactics and and mm. I kind of expected them to play a little bit more running rugby and, and same with South Africa, to be honest, you know, like world champions and they lost that first one. I thought when, when they got the second one back, I thought they might play a slightly freer game of of code, but they they didn't appear to do so. So, it's a really fascinating point. Do you want do you want winning rugby or do you want entertaining rugby? I know what I prefer, mm. but I don't know. Maybe everyone else is different. Well, obviously that was on the on the field. There's a lot of things happening off the field with Rassi or Rasmussen. Do you reckon his tactics in that? Obviously, when you, when you think about it, very very smart and very clever from Rassi or Rasmussen there, eh? And what he was doing deep down, he was just putting all that pressure back on on the Lions, wasn't he? With the, with the, with the way he was going about it. You reckon? You reckon he was clever? I don't know. Yeah. I'm still not sure about his tactics. Like, do you think that was the defining factor but, between the two teams? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, I don't agree with what he's what he did. Obviously, we 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 spoke about it yesterday, and um, well, someone that knows. What he's talking about with the Lions. We'll get him on the line. Another brutal Lions series has come to a close with South Africa coming out on top over the weekend, squeezing out a 19-16 win in the deciding test match. The series had it all on and off the field, but weirdly, it was Mornay staying, kicking a very late penalty goal, just as he did in 2009, which, which iced the result all over again. Will Carling, good man, is a former Lion and long-serving captain of England. He joins us now. Hey, Will, how are you, buddy? Yeah, very good. Um, just didn't think this was going ahead, so completely unprepared. But hey, nothing new. <laughs> Mate, I sent you a message yesterday. You said yes. You gave me the all clear. Well, what have you been doing? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but I thought you might come back with some sort of detail. But hey, you know, I mean, that, I'm just an old, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's Baz here, and mate, Izzy's had a hey, weekend Baz. in Queenstown, so he's a little he's a little lacking in detail. And follow-up, so you'll have to excuse him for his tardiness of trying to arrange you to get on air this morning. a lot. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> uh, mate, tell us, talk to us about that. Talk to us about the Lions series. Not enough tries, surely. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it, it was just, uh, it's a shame, wasn't it? But Because I, I think, 
you're never going to out-muscle South Africa. So, I mean, I thought the Lions would, would play with a bit more pace. I suppose that they tried to. Um, there was just... Uh, <clears throat> was it the second test? Which which was the first half went on for over an hour. It was, you know, and... Um, second test. You know, that, that that's the frustrating bit, really, isn't it? That... Um, you know, parts of the tour and and parts of the of of, um, of the way that it was all sort of conducted was just a bit of a shame because the rugby almost came came out second. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how's this Lions series being perceived from a Lions perspective? Like, did they have enough preparation leading into it? Do you feel? No, I mean, I think. Look, I. It, it wouldn't be unusual. I, I worry about the Lions. I think um, if the the appeal for the for the current guys and you know talking to a lot of them, um, like the England guys who who, um, who I talk to, the appeal for for this generation is that a Lions tour you actually go on tour. You know you get time to tour. You get midweek yeah. games. You know because no one no one gets those anymore. And I, I worry mm. that, you know, whether it's the premiership over here, the pressure on games, that, you know, the Lions is just getting cut back further and further. And if you don't give them the chance to have a little bit of fun and also to work out some combinations, uh, I just think a Lions tour will always struggle. Um, as a, Obviously, with the, they only scored two tries. And, and do you think that the tactics that they used from from uh, the coaches, that, that was enough. Do you think they went over there thinking they could win the tour, obviously, but do you think the tactics that they use could that have got the job done? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, um, guys. I, you know, I struggle slightly um, to work out, in a sense, what the, what the attacking tactics were. Um, I was never quite yeah. sure how, uh, how we were trying to take on South Africa. But, you know, just listening to you guys talk before, it's interesting, isn't it? People go, and it's always the argument, do you want winning rugby or do you want entertaining rugby? And what most people genuinely are saying, they want winning, entertaining rugby, right? But if, if the Lions had, had won that last test match, people, say, say up here, wouldn't be talking about only scoring two tries. They'd be thinking, you know, hey, yeah. we won the series. Um, but when you don't, people then go, oh, mate, well, the rugby wasn't great, was it? And, um, so you're always going to get it if you lose. Yeah, yeah, but then you look at a guy like Finn Russell. How good was he when he came yeah. on? Do you, do you feel like if he had played the, the two games before, that might, he might have made a difference because he was pretty outstanding in, in that test? He was, and, you know, hey, maybe I'm, I'm old and naive, but it gave, it gave me a bit of hope that you think... Um, Geez, you, you, you get a tend to play flat, and, uh, and people start running off him, and and even against the South African defence, which is uh, which is always pretty good, you suddenly there, there was there was danger, wasn't there? There was space, there was a, there was a little bit of um, of concern amongst the South Africans. So you think, yeah, I, I certainly was massively impressed with the way he played, and I think um, you know if if the Lions had been a little bit more ruthless with taking some of the points on offer, then it might be a very different conversation. But speaking about conversations, man who doesn't mind a chat was old Rassi Erasmus. What about his tactics? They're a little bit off the wall, aren't they? But did they? Do you think they actually worked, or or there was just a, a little bit of byplay? 
I think they, I, I genuinely think they had an effect. I mean, I've never seen um, a referee in the second test go to the, the TMO so often about so many decisions. And yeah, I, I, I think it did have an effect. And I think, sadly, if, if that's where rugby's going to go with, um, you know, with head coaches to analysing and putting pressure on referees, then geez, we're going to have, have three hour games with, you know, with only uh, 20 minutes of play. Yeah, well, not even head coaches. Well, he's water boy these days, isn't he? But he still sort of has, <laughs> manages to have his say. Well, w- w- yeah. I, you see, I, I mean, maybe I'm right. I just found that bizarre, mate. and I just think, you know, is that is that really what it's about? Uh, you know, hey, they, they've won, and you don't want to be, you don't want to be a winger, so you just got to, you know, you got to shut up and um, and accept it. But there's there's bits of 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 that with Razzie that you go really. Um, but hey, he's won. So, um, you know, congratulations to him. But especially you as well, where as captain, like, how, like you need a clear chain of command, don't you, within any organisation to, for long, sustained success. It just, to me, it doesn't feel right to, for him to, to f- fulfil the role that he's doing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. And, I, and I'm not saying it just because, you know, talking to you guys, but you know, you read legacy, and I, I think you read um, anything about, say, how New Zealand um, worked things out after 2007. To me, that's the way teams should be. You've got to give players um, autonomy on the pitch. You know, players have got to be able to work things out on the pitch. They've got to be able to see things and react to them. And if we're going down the American football route of, you know, the coach making every call almost on, on, on every play, then, wow, you know, I just think you're taking so much away from from spontaneous creative players. And, and, and is rugby, is that what we really want for? Is that what pay, players want to play in? I don't think so. Yeah, just to all talk about cohesion, because that's one of our favourite words over in this, uh, in this <laughs> radio show. Cohesion, Stephen Fleming's favourite word. Do you reckon the Lions, with so many different changes, different combinations, they lacked a little bit of cohesion? Yeah, I, I do, and that's what I was saying almost earlier on. That you know, lines towards you, you need a bit of time to to play around with some combinations because you know a lot of the time guys haven't played um, together before. So you know, you look at the midfield; it changed every test, and you know, that's that's hard. You know, a level to play uh, alongside guys you, you know so little about, um, and <clears throat> that's where you know lines. They're always going to struggle, um, but the shorter tours get and the less games they've got, it makes it even worse. And, you know, they didn't really, apart from mm. South Africa, eh, they didn't even really have any games that tested them. And, mm. and I think that cost them as yeah. well. Yeah, also, we need the Lions series. I absolutely loved it. I was lucky enough to play in one a couple of years ago, and they were very, very enjoyable. But um, just want to ask you quickly before you go, the All Blacks versus Australia. I'm sure if you, if you watch that game, what's your take on the All Blacks if you did? No, I, I did watch it, um, and you know the bit I love. We were doing something. I won't waffle on too much up here. And there's a, there's a guy, um, Ryan Jones, used to captain Wales. We, we were doing a dinner, and he said um, he was down in 2005 playing New Zealand. You know, when he said when Dan Carter played the, probably his best game of his life, and and he said uh, he said well he was talking to me about it. He said even by the end of the game, I was just looking at him. He said he almost applauding him because it was. It was that good. He said, but I saw him a few days later 
And he said what really impressed him was he was they were having a beer in the harbour something in Auckland, I think, and, and Dan said to him, you know, the difference um, between us and maybe the Northern Hemisphere, Ryan, he said, is a three-on-two is a three-on-two, whether it's on your goal line or, or five yards out from um, from your line. And when I was watching New Zealand again, you look at that and some of the bits of it you think, yeah, that um, that's where it's brilliant. Some of the rugby was, the try sadly that was disallowed was just brilliant. So... Mm. Mm. Ah, uh, there's, there's bits of that that I look at and think, yeah, we could we could we could learn a lot from from that sort of attitude. And I thought some of um, some of the All Blacks play w- was great. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting. I, <clears throat> I wouldn't fancy being in the Aussie camp. I'm sure they'll bounce back. Mm. Mm. Well, thanks, mate, for uh, for joining us. And apologies for the slight false start. We'll get on to our um, on to our logistics team a little bit better than what we did this time around, but thanks heaps for joining us, mate, on Baz and Izzy. Yeah, thanks, Will. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, it was a pleasure, and I, I just, I, I love that sort of relaxed organisation. I should I should be sharper next time. <laughs> hey, thanks very relaxed much, organisation. Actually... What, a, what a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh a He's a champion, Thank you, mate. mate. I've never actually... Very good. Baz, Baz, I've never actually heard Will be so nice. He was biting his lip there, biting his tongue. He is not that nice. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> oh, we're pretty lucky, though, mate. That's Will Carling, absolute great of, of the British and Irish Lions and former captain and dissecting the uh, the Lions series for us. Uh, well done, Izzy. Reaching deep into the old contact book, mate. Just maybe follow up with that message next time as well to confirm. Very good. Anyway, it's 20 past seven on... Baz and Izzy for breakfast on the, on a Monday, and we're up and about, and we will get off to a break. It is 25 minutes past seven. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast for Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 0800 What did you make of the Lions series? I'm sure a lot of you would have watched it and consumed it. It's the sort of rugby you enjoy. Give us a call on the Kennards Hire phone line. Alternatively, 8833 is the text line. Remember, when you text, you go on the draw to win a $10,000 uh, temper Temper bed, actually the winner of our text of the month, I should say, wins a $10,000 temper bed. And the text of the week wins a $299 temper pillow, which is very, very comfortable. And there was plenty of rugby to sleep on during the weekend, wasn't there, Baz? It sure was, and it was a pretty awesome game. Not only do we have the Lions and versus South Africa, which just quickly, mate, that's a great get. Will Carling. No worries. Just dizzy mm. dag, you know, like just deep into the contact book, just reels out one of the biggest players in the game, gets it on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on a Monday morning straight after a Lions series. Well played, my friend. And then um, obviously the All Blacks too, which was huge. 47,000 people at Eden Park on Saturday night watched the All Blacks. Well, I wouldn't say they romped home against against the Wallabies, mm. but they did enough to be able to go 1-0 up in the series and Interested in your observations, mate. We've got Jeff, Jeff Wilson to come, but what did you think of the performance? Well, I thought for 68 minutes they were very uh, they were very good. You know, they were leading 33-8 at 68 minutes, and then obviously we know the final score, 33-25. So that's last 12 minutes. That's really where I want to get into the end and dissect. Obviously, they made a lot of changes, so we talk about it. Cohesion, boys coming off the bench, probably, um, you know, the mindsets might 
might not have just been been where they needed to be to to finish it off and what that last 12 minutes does for Australia leading into this uh Bledisloe Cup the second round in Auckland you know that they'll know that they can actually um compete with with the All Blacks you know coming back and only losing by eight eight points in the end so for 68 minutes I thought they were very clinical um they needed they did enough to for what they want to do and and I spoke about it on Friday I thought they kicked really well with Aaron Smith off the base of the ruck, he was kicking long. Uh, we spoke about it not kicking out, so they were putting a lot of pressure on Tom Banks um, and, and the young wingers back there, Andrew Callaway, and, and guys like that. So I thought they kicked tactically very well, with and they needed what to do. And, and, and the new rule, you know, if you kick it from inside your 22 and you land it inside, uh, inside your own half and it lands inside the opposition 22, you get a line-out. I love that rule. I think it's in a more, bit more of an attacking mindset. What does that do for an attacking team? Well, as a defending team, they have to drop their wingers back, so there's opportunities for them to attack wider if they don't kick it. So, look, I, was, I thought for 68 minutes they were very good. Rich, uh, David Harvilli, I thought he was clinical at, at 12. Got a try on... on um, he got a try as well during that night. I thought he was very good. Uh, Richie Moonga, um, no doubt about it. He is class. He is a, a step above... You know, everyone else, he's, his way that he drove that game, he was very, very good. Great direction, great leadership. Um, and, yes, I thought he was very, very sharp. Anyone else there, out there, you got any observations, give us a text, double eight, double three. But, yeah, as I thought for 68 minutes, they were good. But that last 12 minutes, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm really worried, what that does to, especially that last try. You know, they're winning by 15, and then the Wallabies score off a rolling more. The, um, in the 82nd minute, what does that do to the team's heart? That that's the one that I that questions me, mate. Yeah, fascinating, isn't? What was also fascinating was your um, predictions of the game on Friday, and I was watching that game on Saturday just with those ringing in my ears, and I was watching out for a number of those things which you which you may mention of in the kicking game in particular. So you're spot on, mate. You also mentioned how dangerous the All Blacks are in broken play, and they did score. A try which was disallowed, which would go down as one of the best disallowed tries of all time <laughs> from the inside their own half. And as Will Carling said before, the, the All Blacks' mindset is when they see three on two, it doesn't matter where they are on the field. And I, you could certainly see that on Saturday. But they have got some work to do, and the Wallabies will come back stronger, just like we'll come back stronger after we've got to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 29 minutes away from 8 on SCNZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. I've got a poll, a Choices Florian poll I need to launch. But just before that, boys, have you seen this Lionel Messi news going around, Baz? Yeah, I have. Huge news, mate. We, we touched on it at the end of last week that he was going to leave Barcelona. Um, not for any other reason other than terrible mismanagement of their finances over a long period of time. And he has had to move on. His size of his paycheck clearly stumping the ability for Barcelona to pay their bills. Um, but he's going to... I hear PSG might be a go. Yeah. Is that right? Well, it's a classic case of there's only about two or three teams in the world that can actually take his cash um, in the sport of football. So... I, look, I just found this really sad. He was crying. He called it the most difficult moment of his career, which you can believe... He said he didn't want to leave. His family tried so hard to stay. This has been his entire life, which it really has. As a, he was an academy mm. player and all that. 
And he even tried to take a 50% pay cut, Izzy. 50% pay cut. Yeah, mate. He's, obviously, when, you, when you're at a team like that, your family's settled. Your family's hugely important. And, and for them, this is a big move for them as well. Young kids, wherever he goes, has to go to Paris and, and play at France. But how, how good with that? And Bambi... Um, and then you got Neymar. Can they afford that? They've already got two absolute rock stars on their books. Can they? How can they afford Messi? Well, they got bucket loads of cash over there in Paris. I mean, they're already paying Victor Vito his huge salary and <laughs> Jerome Kano his. So they've got eats of it anyway. That that's some of that's a little bit of sports news, which I found very very fascinating. Uh, coming out of there, but it is time for our Choices Flooring Ultimate Bedroom Style Guide. That is out now. I want you to have your choice here, lads. We're going to put up a little poll about the performance of the weekend. We had a lot of teams going at it. We had the All Blacks, we had the Warriors, and we had the, the Mystics. Warriors. The Warriors, and we had the Mystics. All Blacks, Warriors, Mystics, and they all did very, very good things. I want to know what you were most impressed with. Which performance were you most impressed with? Three different sports, three different teams. The Warriors, the All Blacks, or the Mystics, who got it all done mm. in superb fashion. Any leads, Baz? Well, again, if I could have an, a fourth choice on this yeah. poll. Well, you can actually today. You'd have to. Oh, you'd have to throw the punters club in there, wouldn't you? <laughs> 3,700 dollar return on Saturday, the good oil boys. Surely they get in there too. <laughs> we can make that happen. We can make that happen. Uh definitely. They had it they had a great go. Actually someone wants to say talk about the North Canterbury boys, is he? And I feel like that's fair enough. How's this text? Yeah. Maddie Keane here. Is he? Maddie Keane here. Biggest sport news from the weekend. The North Canterbury boys headed to the coast and beat Buller 41-7. You beauty. So Maddie Keane, he's uh him and the King boys built built my new house, and uh, they're absolute champions, champion blokes. So, Maddie, well done to you and the lads going over to Buller and putting on absolute clinic, forty-one-seven. Well done, brother. But um, well, they'll be how good as they'll be fit, having mate. so much sport on. They'd be fit they'll if they had filled your house. Would have taken the many <laughs> many a year to build that mansion <laughs> down <laughs> down in North Canterbury. <laughs> Jeez, they'll be rock hard fit in North Canterbury, lads. Good work, Maddie Keen and the boys. Fantastic. Yeah, so no, that's their absolute champs, mate. That, that, so that, that would be five teams for the poll. I think um, Maddie Keane and the lads, we know that I've done a super job. So we're going to stick that choices flooring poll up on our Twitter. Go have a look at it. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got the Mystics, the Warriors, the All Blacks, and the Punters Club, the Good Oil Punters Club. What was the performance from the team of the weekend, Baz? Yeah, well, I think I think it's it's fair fair to say that, that after your performance in, the, in your TAB account, you could probably have a vote there as well. But that's all right. I tell you who who will be voting for the Mystics, and that's Helene Wilson. She's coming up very shortly. She's the head coach of the Mystics, and she we absolutely fizzing after a huge performance. Well done to the Mystics. Let's catch up with them very shortly on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and we're into our last week of the Caller of the Month cop competition with the Bledisloe Cup in Perth. Not possible. The Caller of the Month will win an All Blacks experience, all thanks to Bullpark Entertainment. We've got to announce last week's winner before the end of the show. That's all you have to do. 0800 150 811, the Kennards Hire phone line at any stage, and you could still be our Caller of the month. It was a huge weekend, Baz, capped off by a great performance yesterday in the netball.
Yeah, absolutely. And the wait is over for all the Northern Mystics fans. The ANZ Premiership title is theirs. They defeated the Mainland Tactics yesterday in a thriller, 61-59. And it would have, I'm sure, set off some wild celebrations amongst all of the Mystics fans and maybe even amongst the Mystics coaching staff too. We've been very fortunate to be joined this morning by the head coach of the Northern Mystics, Helene Wilson. Good morning, Helene. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So bright and early. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Is there a bit of a sting in the head after such a successful yesterday or successful competition? Oh, yeah. I think it's the lack of sleep, um, just spending <laughs> quality time together at a celebrating. So, um, yeah, here in, here in mind and spirit. Oh, that's brilliant. Izzy's in the same sort of boat, so he was celebrating all weekend too. So you're in good company, Helene, here on Baz and Izzy <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> um, it must have been it must have been a pretty awesome feeling for you guys as well. We know that um, Mark Forsyth was part of your coaching staff last year and she unfortunately passed mm-hmm. away recently and many of the side has made reference to how she was still very much part of your team's thoughts and, and feelings to so not only to win the title but to also... Um, I guess have her sitting on your side must have been must have been pretty special. Yeah, just to honour her memory, she was a wonderful, wonderful lady and um, had a deep love for the Mystics, even though her time with us was short. Um, her impact on the players particularly and her knowledge and just who she was as a person just to, to take with us this year and we know she was there with spirit with us yesterday. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well done, Helene. How, just explain to us how, how the season played out and where you managed to get your, your momentum from and what this will do for the organisation of, of the Northern Mystics. Yeah, I think, you know, as always in sport, you you learn more from a loss than winning. So I think when we mm. we had a loss earlier on from, um, against the Southern Steel and at that point of the season... We continued to look at how we really wanted to play the game and the standards we wanted to um, play at. And I think when you when you have those honest conversations as a team, um, that's when the magic starts to happen. And so being able to just keep, keep working together, um, the players really taking control of the standard they wanted to play at. And, um, yeah, seeing it come alive uh, was pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. It's fascinating. Sort of, son, sort of done a little bit of um, following of, of your coaching style as well, Helene. And I'm lucky enough to coach a couple of teams around the world. And Stephen Fleming's a good mate of mine, and he coaches also. And we talk a lot about cohesion, and a lot of the stuff we talk about seems to um, be your kind of style as well. You only had one change mm-hmm. to your squad this season, so your consistency and selection, and being able to empower your players to own an environment. And also, there's one. Um, I saw in an article you made mention that you like to remind young players of their strengths. So th- those kind of mm. real positive vibes and standards which you bring into a team, it sounds like you're building a, a fantastic culture and, and environment for those guys. Yeah, I think you can't you can't have success without um, having a vision and a spine and, and backbone in your team that you know are going to take the team all the way. And um, I don't think age can define what that looks like. I think it's about who they are and how hard they work and the, the talent and the skill set that they bring. And at the end of the day, I always say to them, 
the ultimate as a coach would be to sit on the sideline drinking a pina colada while they get out there and, <laughs> and do the mahi out on court. I know that will never happen because I don't think a coach would ever let it happen. They like too much control. But, you know, it is about them and it is about them knowing what to do um, and getting out there. So um, to see see them do that last night was just awesome, really awesome. And, um you know, we have all ages and sizes in our team and, and it's pretty cool that they can all come together and do it for each other. Well, you've got you know, so many uh, yeah, players in the environment that come from different walks of life. Uh, you remind me mm. of uh, Scotty Robinson. He talks about the, you know, you've got guys from, from the islands, you've got guys from Europe, you've got people that, that, that come from, from New Zealand as well. Do you, how important is it in that environment that you really uh, embrace all the different walks of life, all the different cultures that, that these girls bring into the environment? Oh, it's really important, I think, if you, you can't be yourself, you can't be your best version of yourself. And, um, mm. you know, we, everyone's different. And Auckland's such a, um, a vast area. Um, lots of pockets of Auckland are different as well. Um, so... You know, we celebrate that. We celebrate the diversity that yep. we have. And, you know, come here, be your authentic self and bring what your strengths are to the team. And I think that the fact that there are all walks of life in our team, they, they buy into that because um, it's, it's about, that's how you get to know each other, right? And um, so, mm. yeah, that, that's, just, that's simply what we're about. Yeah. Nice. It sounds like you're certainly creating a, a really cool environment for everyone to go out there and, and show their skills on, on the big stage. And I guess there's, with that sort of um, environment, there comes a bit of discipline and, and, and sort of standards you need to uphold as well. You, is it true that you brought a little bit more of that discipline back into that setup this year too? Yeah, 100%. Um, we've always been a team who pride ourselves on having a lot of flair and um, we, we are very proud of the brand and netball that we play, but we've always been known as a team that doesn't always know how to rein it in when you need to, and we can be a bit up and down. And so the discipline's been a massive part of what we do this year, and deciding together about the standards of fitness and the standards that we expect in each other to ensure that you can get out on court and play with the flair when required, um, but you've got to do the grind and the hard work first. So that discipline's been a big part of um, how we've driven the standards in the team, and that's been driven by the players as much as me. Um, we talked about, you know, definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing over and over again, and I think the fact that we, we wanted to do things a little bit different this year has been um, why we've been successful. Yeah, absolutely, and you must have found that real happy balance between that because you've still managed to keep that flair within your game too. So congratulations and thanks heaps for joining us, um, Helena, and enjoy the rest of the celebrations. Hopefully um, you guys get to really enjoy yourselves and, and a little toast as well to, to Mark Forsyth and, and on a job well done and, and great work. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Will do. Thank, thanks, Helene. Awesome. Oh, that's you can tell that's a true leader right there as well. Eh, is like a fine line between. It was actually a great weekend for Auckland, wasn't it? Great, great weekend for Auckland over Canterbury. Um, obviously the tat, uh, the Mystics beating the tat, Tactics, and then the Auckland NPC side, uh, men's side, giving the Canterbury men's side 
a little bit of a walloping. So uh, Aucklanders, they'll be very, very happy this morning waking up through the, that kind of news. Auckland versus Canterbury, we love those battles, and they are awesome. So it's great to, to chat to Aline, and she's doing an absolute amazing job with, um, you know, she just spoke about it as as people, they get a bit carried away, so she's bringing a lot of discipline in, keeping their feet on the ground, being where your feet are, Baz, as you would say. So she's done a very, very special yeah. thing for that organisation, and they'll be very happy with uh, with obviously winning the title. Absolutely. They'll be up and about in the big smoke, and then they'll be brought back down to earth when they jump in the Auckland traffic this morning at 7.50am. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Four and a half minutes away from eight o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Having a great morning so far. And remember, double eight, double three is the text line. And we are giving away a temper queen bed valued at $10,000 for the text of the month. And the text of the week, well, they win a temper pillow worth $299. Patty knows all about that. Some great texts coming in this morning. And you might actually want to text and let us know what your favourite sporting moment has been over the last 25 years. Because SCNZ, together with Rebel Sport, who are celebrating, 25 years are compiling our best sporting moments. Text now on double eight double three what you think should be on the list. We'll compile them and count them down from Tuesday, Thursday, I should say. And there's been a lot of great sporting moments over the weekend, including that Mystics victory, Baz. Yeah, and we're getting a lot of good feedback as well. Richie has texted in here on double eight double three, and he said definitely the Mystics victory for me. It was a good final that have, that could have gone either way. And that is exactly how the scoreline reads as well. It's 61-59 to the Mystics over the tactics. What fascinates me is is that interview with Helene Wilson. You can tell she's a very thoughtful, um, very considered uh, coach. And she's big on being able to provide an environment which allows her players to go out there and enjoy themselves and play their best game. But she still has a bit of a firm grip around it as well. And, she made mention of something in that interview which interests me, and I'm sure it interests you as well, bro, when she said that you do the basics first and then you can do the flair. Well, we're both flair players when it comes to our respective sports, but I think I, I certainly agree that you need a, an element of basics before you can really, and preparation before you can really bring that flair. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. I, I totally agree with that. <clears throat> That's the number one question I get asked every time we go to schools, you know, yeah, all these young kids, because they watch the All Blacks, they they think that you go and do the, all these amazing moves and all these amazing things at training, and I always go back to to these kids with, no, All Blacks just do the same as you guys, practice catch and pass, where you ha- putting your hands up at the target, pointing at the target, all those simple things that your coaches will be teaching you during the week, and you're probably thinking, man, this is boring. Rugby, and I'm sure netball is the same, is about nailing the, the the players that that really stand out. You like know, you could look at a guy like Richie McCall for me. He wasn't flashy, but he just did the simple things very very well every time every every time of the day or every opportunity he had. He nailed all those basic skills, and it sounds like her with that comment, Helene, that that's what she's about nailing all the little basic skills. And you know, most of those players, like you know, you got the. I look at rugby with the Polynesian players when they come over. They are the flair. So if you give them the basic skills to be able to nail their job, the flair will come naturally, and that's what I got from that. Yeah, and also that I picked up, which you didn't say it in these words, but I picked up very much around role clarity um, and the diversity within Mm -hmm. that group, encouraging 
each of those players to go there and play their specific game, and she would put them in the specific seats on the bus to be able to get the best out of them, and, and just a real deep understanding of that environment. And also, we're going to have to get to the news soon, but just to, to finish up on, on that as well, the fact that their squad only had one change in it from the previous year, I know our good mate Stephen Fleming's big on this, and that is consistency of selection. If you're able to keep your squad together for as long as possible, then you're not having to reintegrate um, various people constantly, so then the culture of the environment can sustain. And then when, when that's sustained, then you start uh, providing an environment where the players themselves start to challenge one another rather than the coaches mm. having to drive it. That's got to be the holy grail of any environment, one would think. So, look, uh, it's coming up to 8 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Monday, the 9th of August. Still got plenty more to come. We've got Jeff Olsen at some stage very soon. He'll also dissect the All Blacks from the weekend for us. We might even get a comment on the Lions. But it's McCafe time for us, and here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Kia and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ and it's just after 8 in the morning. I'm nestling into a little McCafe coffee myself here. It is. It's Monday after all, so you need your caffeine fix. Absolutely. Now how's about that chat and the news from Trudy just sent around the NRL wanting to hold the grand final here in Auckland. I had a little bit of research on this and the reason being that they want crowds. They saw the 47,000 at Eden Park on Saturday night and they thought, give me some of that. I want to be able to put a bit of the old Aussie dollar in me pocket or the Kiwi dollar in the Aussie pocket. Yeah. So they're going to try and get all their players over it. And now keep in mind all the managed isolation quarantine challenges that all of the Kiwis are having in and around the world. And the NRL are saying that because the precedent is set around the Wallabies being allowed to come over here, then they should be allowed to do it too. So that's a fascinating little twist on Trudy's news. Is what's your thoughts yeah, on that? I, I saw, I, yeah, I read that. Um, Pete Volandi's uh, coming out and saying that how good would a packed out final be? And I think Kiwis would absolutely embrace that. They would, they would jump at that opportunity to go watch the NRL Grand Final at Eden Park to a sellout crowd. Um, oh man, that would be a great opportunity. And, and yes, he's come out and just throwing a little bit of politics in there. With the Wallabies can do it, we can do it. And I think that's fair. I think that at the they're over in Australia, obviously with the COVID cases and absolutely skyrocketing, that's not ideal. But the, these guys are in a bubble. They're away from from the pu the public in general, so they they're a pretty low risk. I feel like they should be given an exemption to come over here and. What a wonderful opportunity for us as New Zealanders to embrace the NRL Grand Final. You would never get another opportunity like that again. So I think it's great. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you. The only thing is, well, there's two parts here, I reckon. One is the perception of being allowed to just bring in sporting people regardless with all the, the situations we have. The other one is that the Warriors have had to play away from home for the best part of 12 months. And so now all of a sudden we're going to bring the competition yeah. To New Zealand, like the poor Warriors yeah. families and that who have had to sacrifice all of that, that they'd feel a bit stiff, surely. Yeah, they they won't be. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that. Like, you know, they talk about the, uh, yeah, the bringing the final here. Well, they could, probably could have bought the whole competition here, and the Warriors would have been absolutely happy being back in their own backyard around their families. So yeah, that's the other side of it. The Warriors would be would be gutted and and things like that. But 
that's just the way sport is. And I think it's a great opportunity for, for our economy and for New Zealand sport. What a, you know, making a bit of history. Yeah, but a food for thought anyway, mate. And uh, what about a little bit of coffee for thought? Some cafe coffee catch-ups. And we had, uh, we had the golden one on last week. And he said at the end of the interview, he said, any time, fellas. Well, any time has come around real quick yes. for the golden one, and we got him back on the line because you're back, Izzy, as well. He's got plenty of energy. You've got plenty of energy. I need plenty of energy. So we welcome the golden one back to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Good morning, Jeffrey. Oh, the 8 p.m. text on a Sunday night. Everyone loves those. What are you doing tomorrow morning? <laughs> morning, fellas. Morning, fellas. How are we going? <laughs> Good, mate. We just need the energy from you, Jeffrey, on a Monday morning. Get up and about, you know. I'm ready to go. Kids are off to school, mate. I'm uh, I'm one coffee deep myself. So, uh, what do you want to talk about? Test match on the weekend. All Blacks. Let's talk about the All Blacks on the weekend. What did you think? I think everyone saw it. Um, we've heard plenty of explanation. Look, they were really frustrated and disappointed with their first sort of twenty twenty five minutes, where they had a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors. Look, I. I I think overall, the first test match against a, a rugby championship side, uh, a Southern Hemisphere side, which they know so very, very well. Dave Rennie knows well. Uh, both teams just came out and really, they just didn't deliver on the first 20 minutes of the game. And then the All Blacks do what they've done in so many other test matches before. For 15 minutes after half time, they were good. Really, really good. Um, you know, they missed out on what would have been one of the great tries in rugby with a, a, a forward pass from Aaron Smith, but you know, an intercept from Richie Mwanga swung the tide. And then really, I mean, at 33 8 the game is over and, and they sort of went to sleep. So everyone saw it. I, I think the biggest questions now are, do they make changes because of that? Or do they give the same group another opportunity to go out and perform? I'd, I'd assume, barring injuries, um, that, that they will give the majority of the guys a chance to, I think, start better and play better because maybe this was, in their mind, their best team on form. Goldie, I just want to talk for 68 minutes, the All Blacks, it was 33-8. What, what do we take out of that last 12 minutes with that score being 33-25? And what does that do for the Wallabies? And how do the All Blacks feel about that? that they'll be absolutely gutted. That's, that's a straight into their heart, letting those couple of tries in towards the end. I think Dave Rennie's a realist as well, though. The fact that he knew that the game was probably gone. And so... You saw an all, and this is not an easy position for reserves to come in on. Is the fact that yes, would prefer if they kept their standards high in terms of their performance, and they certainly. I think this is one area they'd be disappointed was their ill discipline again. It hurt us last year. Yeah. Mm. Um, the fact that simple fundamental things like offsides, um, um, not understanding the rules at ruck time, and, and guys playing the ball with their hands when they can't. Uh, I think the little things like that, which are really controllable. I think that'll frustrate um, Ian Foster because it really just gave them an opportunity to get some confidence when it wasn't really necessary, you know, and we've got to learn to back our defence. We really, really do. So um, I look at that point of view and go, look, they lost Dane Coles, lost Scott Barrett, uh, and and two guys who, who, when they play for the All Blacks, they do make a real impact. And losing Coles late, and it just felt to me as though all of a sudden we just... You just relax just enough to show that if you do relax, teams will come out and hurt you. And they are a good team. Mm. I mean, are they good enough to beat the All Blacks? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, it's the same analogy when you start talking about um, missing goal kicks from Australia, right? The fact that if they make a few more of them, 
scores a little bit closer, the All Blacks will react differently. Um, uh, and, and it's probably one area that I think for the All Blacks in recent years that just that the last couple in particular, that ruthlessness you'd expect out of them. Yeah. When you are in control, you just don't back off at any point. And I'm sure some hard conversations will be had today at a review. Izzy, we've all been on a Monday review where um, <laughs> some honest truths come out. And it hurts. And there's some people who will have to answer some questions, and rightfully so. Yeah, that's what I, I thought with that, especially that last try in the 82nd minute. What does that do to the heart? And you touched on it with the ruthlessness. I just feel, I don't know what it is. You know, I've been out of the environment for a while now, so I don't know what that is. But what that does to other sides, saying that, yeah, well, maybe they're not as ruthless as, as they probably have been in the past. I, I just think it's a really, I mean, it's, there are areas, uh, and, and I think if you look back uh, in recent years, the first test match against Australia sometimes been a bit of a challenge um, because mm. it is that first one of the season which generally has been against a uh, world-class opposition. Now, are they world-class? I think they've got some world-class players who are coming to it. Um, they've certainly got uh, a, a, an attacking a flair about their game, I think, which is they've got some players who have really started to show they can put you under pressure. Um, there's been some little things when Matt Tamua came on at 12, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays and starts this week because it looked as though they had a little bit more direction in their attack. Um, so it's just a yeah. matter of... of um, and their line-out was poor. Um, the Wallabies, for the first mm. 25 minutes, they couldn't win a line-out. So they'll make great improvements like the All Blacks will, will what you'd expect to. And they've got to do it again at Eden Park this weekend. So, look, I, I, there were still some real positives. I still saw some things out of some guys when we were playing well. If we, we What we do know is that Richie Moana is the... Was a game changer, um, and when I talk about mm. that try that was disallowed, like the confidence playing into the breeze five meters from your own line, try and make a line break, um, you know, and have the ability to do that. That's something that's really rare. And you know, it, it, if plays like that, you look at it and go, you know what, those those can change a game. But David Harvey got into his work really well, um, and it's, it's his first test at twelve against a, 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 a tier one nation. Um, so, yeah, I think overall um, there are some things you like. I did enjoy Rico on the wing. What did you think? Yeah, I, I loved Rico on the I wing. I love, I, like, especially with that yeah, especially with that disallowed try. You watch uh, where he comes from. He is about five metres behind that uh, the Australian winger, and for him and D-Mac timed that pass perfectly, for him to get in behind that defender and make that break, that's where I love uh, Rico because he – at centre, I feel like he's got to make a lot more decisions on the wing. He can just play with freedom, doesn't have to pass, just give him the ball, and he just runs. And we know how quick he is. So I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Rico on the wing, and I totally agree with you. With, with, yeah. There you, you go. It's, yeah, just that, that. To me, it's the... You know, there's some guys, when you, they get the ball, you sort of just hold your breath waiting to see what's going to happen. And he's that type of player. He's that explosive. Yeah. You know, even if there's players in front of him, and he's got the ability to, to explode into a gap and he'll get you over the advantage line. And then his ability, like you talked about, with just pure gas. I mean, I thought, I just like those signs and some things that you, know, you get back to, to what guys do really, really well. And to me, that's what made him so great on the wing. So I, I, I imagine, you know, I don't think they'll make too many changes. Uh, whether or not, I mean, we feel as though the loose forward combination made an impact on the game. Um, 
you know, they worked, but they really didn't get a chance to, to, to do some of the things they're really mm. good at. Uh, I'm just interested in structures, too. It seemed like most of our forwards spent a lot of time in the middle of the park. You know, there was nothing on the edges, yeah. which we'd done a lot of against Tonga and Fiji. So whether or not they're holding that back, um, but we didn't see likes of a Cody Taylor on the edge. Um, uh, we didn't see Artie on the edge uh, too often, whether that was just the nature of the um, conditions. Look, I'll tell you what it was. It was actually really challenging because there was the grass was quite long in Eden Park, is he? And, the, and when that, that rain came in, the moisture really held uh, on the field. And split seconds mm. in terms of catching and passing, they hurt, right? They just that means defences get up quicker and think just that you know, I think that's where we saw some uncharacteristic errors as well. So I maybe think I'd i I'd probably like us to maybe earlier on in games kick a little bit more for territory to control maybe that where we play the game so we can really um, work our way into the match. Well, that's a good point actually. I, I was sort of watching and I kept thinking that they were the Wallabies uh, midfield in particular were really rushing up on us and I was wondering even if say Bowden Barrett was at first five whether those little kicks in behind that he he's so familiar to his game might have just been a way to unsettle the Wallabies but I did think as well golden one that uh, the 100 test veteran in um, Aaron Smith his some of his passing right on that advantage line as well was was quite electric and he was able to um, play quite a pivotal role in a couple of those tries Absolutely. Once we get going, I mean, and, and we get some sort of momentum, look, he, is, he, is, uh, he can be the difference about you know, continuing with the momentum, getting your continuity. And, and look, Aaron Smith's a legend of the game. Look, he's changed. Um, and and Marshy said this after the game, and he's absolutely right. He's, he's changed the game, but also he's changed the way the All Blacks have been able to play, just with his delivery, his speed from ruck to ruck, his conditioning, and then obviously through his... I think his tireless work ethic that he has, has, has shown and, and led through. So, you know, I think um, it's a great celebration for them. I think in some ways now um, he'll want to move on from that because I think it was weighing on him and he'll want to get, I think, back to and, and help this team deliver on all of its potential. And he's a big part of it. So, yeah, it's great to see him get there, Nuggie. And look, it's, um, it was a privilege to have been see there and celebrate it with them at, at Eden Park in front of what was a fantastic crowd, 47,000. Really hopeful that. You know, we can get some strong ticket sales through this week. Because this is a decider now in terms of the Blitherslow Cup, you know. Um, if you're there once, and maybe this is a, you know, there's another um, section of people who haven't had an opportunity to go because they missed out, get in and have a crack at this one and, and be there to see, hopefully, um, uh, Sam Whitelock lift the Blitherslow Cup and, and lock that away again, which is you know, what we always want to see every year when we play the Wallabies, boys. We don't want to see that thing come yes, across absolutely. that Tasman or give them any any sort of hope. Well, <laughs> but there's no point in trying to hold on to your money just in case the uh, the NRL grand final comes over because the Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, has just said that the NRL will unlikely happen in New Zealand. So spend your money on the Bledisloe Cup tickets this week and go and watch the All Blacks <laughs> serve it up to the Aussies because they'll be better for it this week and they'll be more cohesive and they'll be ready to roll. So we'll, we can all go and enjoy ourselves at... at uh, at Eden Park. The um, just one one more thing before we let you go, please, uh, Jeffrey is uh, Izzy has dived into his contact book deep, and he and we got Will Carling who was on on before as well, and he joined us and talking about the Lions. And I'm sure you watch the Lions because I know you're a sports nuffy too, so you would have been up all all hours watching it. How boring was that rugby? That's why it's called My Sky. <laughs> you My Sky, brother, record it. <laughs> 
and then you watch it on Sunday morning and fast forward. Watching and fast forward between all the bits that don't matter. I'll tell you what the thing that stands out to me, and so this is this is what I'll leave you to ponder, is that if you think about it in the end, the two last Lions series have been decided by the referee. And I think that's a concern. Mm. The, the error made here in New Zealand, um, which finally they admitted to in World Rugby, and, and, um, uh, and then this one is on a scrum penalty in the last play of the game. I think to me that sums it up. You know, Doesn't that sum it up as the fact that yeah, I think it was just the nature of these two teams, the way they matched up. They worked out to themselves that they couldn't afford the score to blow out. They couldn't afford for it to get an open style of footy. Springboks went and underdone. Look, it was tough, man. It's been a tough watch this whole series. Um, they did what they thought they could do to try and win. Um, and, and look, I, yeah, I, was, I think I'm like a lot of people. Um, you're disappointed uh, by... I suppose the nature and attitude of both teams going in, and, and I felt for Warren Gatlin in some ways the fact because he probably knew what he was going to get from South Africa. South Africa know that's how they win. Does their best at one them a rugby World Cup. They're very, very good at it, um, and they admittedly and Andre Pollard, their first five, the key decision maker and and playmaker in their team, admitted it before the series even started. He doesn't care what people think. It's winning rugby, and that's what, you know, as a mm. professional in that highest level. Isn't that what they're paid to do, is go out there and win for their country and they want to win and they'll do whatever it takes. Well, whatever it takes isn't really overly exciting at the moment and we can be happy to see the back end of it and uh, we'll keep throwing it around. We might, might make the odd mistake here or there, but at least we can see what hopefully will be some exciting footy. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll take South Africa on, whether it's uh, here in New Zealand or Australia, and see whether or not we can, um, we can run them around a bit. Good man. Jeffrey, thank you very much for joining us, mate. I'll tell you what, I'll watch thanks, Goldie. any day the flare. I found that boring. Anyway, you're a champion, Goldie. Thanks very much for joining <laughs> us, mate. <laughs> Have a great week. Lads, always, maybe not next week, but maybe the week after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one good thing. I know that you're going to answer your phone at 8 p.m. on a Sunday night. Beautiful. Thanks, Goldie. Well, that was, that was the McCafe catch-up, and that was just... Outstanding from the golden one. Jeez, he's good, isn't he? Very, he's very great. Good. He's anyway, got great we, detail, uh, man. Got... He, is, he is good. It's good to hear you two going at it, too, about tactics. It's brilliant. A couple of all-black geniuses just explaining how the game unfolds to all of us common folk who just love the game out there. Is he right? It is 8.20 in the morning on a Monday, and we have got Pumawate coming up very soon. But for now, it is... Baz Nizzi for breakfast, and it's big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 25 past 8, 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's higher phone line. Double eight double three is the text number to get in touch, and you could end up coming away with a temper bed valued at $10,000 for text of the month, and text of the week wins a temper pillow versus 200, worth 299 But it's time for a TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Paul Mawate is on the line. Paul, and I don't know if you followed too closely, Paul, but that NRL multi you got us to give well a little bit of ka-ching ka-ching we miss out on the first leg yes we missed out on the broncos and then baz what, what were the, the final three uh yeah well and then obviously had the we had the warriors yeah 335 get in son keep the faith <laughs> and then we had and then we had louis pick 
which was the Panthers over the Roosters, 1-12. to 12. Oh, 295 bang. or something, wasn't it? And then yeah. the banker, the banker that is Pumuati, got us home with the Titans over the Cowboys, eh? Well, I, I hope a few people jumped on that multi uh, after Izzy's leg fell over. <laughs> 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 it wasn't, it wasn't that the promotion, Actually, though? Was it too far off? Wasn't yeah, there the promotion though that if you if you lose one leg, then you you still got your money back? And I think we even mentioned we, you will get your money back, but if you really drive it in, you go again. You just put the remaining three That's legs right, on yeah. in a multi, which one of us did. Paul. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. If you take a, a four uh, or more leg NRL multi um, and you miss by one leg, then we'll give you your stake back up to fifty dollars as a bonus bet. Um, and there are a number of punters who actually got a nice little return, even though they missed by one leg. So, uh, yeah, if you jump back on and took the three legs after that, uh, you would have got your bonus bet, and you would have got some winnings at the end of the weekend as well. So, yeah, it worked out quite well. Um, we've, we should probably look at doing this maybe every Thursday or Friday. Um, <laughs> yeah, you and, like and, this is... and, and we'll put we'll put a fifty dollar bonus bet on our multi and. And you can give it away to uh, a lucky listener or something. Call it the breakfast banger. Oh, great oh, idea! Oh, there we great go. Great idea. That's what we're about. Oh. I, pro- I probably Every should have spoken to the ac- delivers. <laughs> I, I probably should have spoken <laughs> to the accountants before I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Oh, don't worry about them. <laughs> Alrighty, boys. Don't worry about them at all. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tav.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Paul Moate is very, very good to us. And I tell you who we're good to, boys. Well, with the Bledisloe Cup in Perth not possible, the caller of the month will win an All Blacks experience. All you have to do is call 0800 150 811. Thanks to Ballpark Entertainment. Last week's caller of the week, well, it actually happened on this show. It was James. We've done a lot of work in our region around how coaches and parents uh, need to be on the sidelines, and that's really being pushed hard by the union. We just really encourage parents not to make comments, um, which has worked really well, especially this year. It's been really good. Oh, congratulations, James. Absolutely brilliant. And get those calls. Keep them flying in 0800 150 811. Also send us those texts on double eight. Double three. We're going to have to get off to Trudy shortly. And then we've got a little bit of chat. We'll get through a lot of texts and we'll dissect some of the wonderful guests that we've had on the show this morning and some of the messages that they've left us with, including the golden one, Jeff Wilson, and Will Carling, deep into Izzy's contact list. So we'll get on to that very soon. The rest of us are still trying to count all the money that we took off the TAB in the weekend, but we don't want to be gloating because we've also this fear hammering from them over the years. Anyway, it is just about 8.30 in the morning. Let's go to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, 28 minutes away from 9 o'clock, and Paul Moate always injects a bit of life into our veins, as does Trudy with the news. Lads, it's time to get to our Weekend Choices poll. The Choices Flooring Inspiring Choices magazine, the ultimate bedroom style guide, is out now. Download today. Go have a look at that for Choices Flooring. Izzy, if I gave you the choice of the best result over the weekend, what would you have gone with? The Good Oil Lads, the Warriors, the All Blacks or the Mystics? 
Um, uh, look, I, I can't go past the Warriors every time they win, especially with people just, you know, riding them off and, um, you know, they're so unpredictable at times. But for them, back-to-back wins, for them, that, that'll do tons for their confidence and their fan base. So for me, I can't go past that win against uh, Cronulla Sharks over the weekend. There was obviously a lot of things in that game that they won't be happy with. Obviously, Kane Evans and I think uh, Nathan Brown, the coach, spoke about it afterwards. They actually, a lot of the senior players got got a bit carried away with um, with Will, um, Will Chambers. Obviously, Will Chambers is very good at heckling, and he got into a few <laughs> of the players' heads and they actually took them off their task yes. of what they're doing. So there, a lot of learnings out of that game, and there's a lot, yeah, it was quite interesting watching um, what was unfolding there, Bears. Yeah, but don't write the Warriors off. I've been saying it for a few <laughs> weeks now just quietly, <laughs> but you never write the Warriors off. Don't expect them to qualify, but don't write them off. They've shown a lot of heart and a lot of hustle is what I saw from the Warriors in the weekend. And we mentioned that when Nathan Brown was on the show and he said all that they're wanting from their team is to show plenty of heart and to ensure mm. that they're putting out their best performance day in, day out. If that translates to results, then great. If it doesn't, then at least they've been able to control it. And the results of the poll are in. The Warriors, is he a bang on? And so are you really, Baz. 48.6%. I tell you what, though, the, the Good Oil Punters Club, they've come strong with 8.1. The All Blacks have actually finished bottom of the poll. The Mystics in there with a very strong 40.5%. So there you go, Baz. Your Warriors, 48.6%, bro. Yep, no, I'm happy with that. And they've got a, re- they've got a pretty pretty nice run home too, lads. So keep the faith. Can you keep the faith? In- I think we can, can't we? We'll keep the faith with the Warriors. Hey, um, just one one other text here from Jason. Hi, guys. Definitely the punters club for him. Team of the weekend, $144 return per person. Giddy up. Well, there you go. That is a good return for, for the punters club. No wonder they've got plenty of support in that poll as well. As, um, what do you reckon about the Warriors, mate? You reckon they've got a chance to qualify? Or am I getting a bit well, of Well, always got a chance. We've got to keep the faith, mate. But I'm just, yeah, like you said, just happy that they've, they've found a way to, to get, the, get the wins. Uh, they've dug deep. They've, had, they've been riddled with injuries. You know, we spoke, speak about cohesion. They've had to make a ton of changes. Roger Tuovasashek's gone home early. So for them and a lot of that adversity just does wonders for, for, for the Warriors and, their, and the team outfits and uh, their confidence. So I'm very, very happy. I've got my kids standing outside looking at me because I haven't seen them since Friday and I can't wait to just go <laughs> give them a cuddle. So excuse me, you do, you throw to a break. I'm going to go give my kids a hug. Good, man. Should get them on. Good stuff. Way you go. is outstanding. Go on the Warriors as well. I still believe in you. Kick. Kick in the final furlong and so will we. It's 8.36 a.m. on a Monday and this is Baz Nizzy for breakfast. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is 8.40 in the morning, just 20 minutes left until we hand over to the doyen, the voice of sport in New Zealand, Ian Smith, who follows us. But we've had a good morning, Izzy, and you must be thrilled you've just given your kids a cuddle after not seeing them for the entire weekend. That must have been great. Oh, it was so good. They're just standing outside. It's actually just finished snowing here, so we've had a bit of snow just sweep through Christchurch out in the Hawkerville. So, um... Yeah, they were standing outside in the cold. Right? So I said, one minute. I was yelling. At, I was just talking to them. One minute. <laughs> got one minute till the break. And then uh, I felt bad. They went out there. They were freezing. Their lips were blue. But it was great to see them. <laughs> and uh, looking forward to 
Just catching up with them after this, mate. But we've got some awesome texts being flooded in. The text machine has been uh, you know, hissing throughout this uh, last three hours. So we've got a one here that's got sporting moment of the weekend. Has to be seen Nuggy on the field with his wife and child celebrating his 100th game. And I have to totally agree. Seen, uh, we spoke about Nuggy last week, Aaron Smith, and um, you know we, everyone knows him on the field. Um, but for me, it's, it's the man that he's become off the field. He's really family orientated. He's got a beautiful wife, Tegan, and son, Luca, and seeing how much it meant to them, and and you know what he's given to his country, and and how proud they are of him, um, was a huge, huge moment of the of the weekend. So I totally agree with that text uh, there, Bez. Yeah, man, it was pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, you could just see the emotion. And he mentioned how he's an emotional person, too, as, and you know him so well, and mm. I've had the privilege to, to know him a little bit as well and I actually sent him a text um, on Sunday morning just saying congratulations, too, and he came back and said, thanks, brother. And he, you could almost feel the emotion within you know, himself that, that it meant a lot to him. And even uh, hearing Jeff Wilson talk before about um, how you probably just want to move on from it now because sometimes that level of emotion that does go with ticking off milestones can sort of leave you at it. But, yeah, you must have been delighted for him as well, mate. Mate, I, I, just, I was reading something before. He, did, like, he didn't want to run out. Usually when you're playing something, a milestone, you lead the team out. And he spoke about it that no one's bigger than the team. The team comes first. So he didn't lead the team out. He felt like there was a lot of times in that game where he could have felt like a leader. So leading the team out, which is a very special moment for, for anyone to lead your team out on, on 100 tests. But that just shows what type of person he is. No one is bigger than the team. The team is always first. And uh, so when I was reading that, that's, that's what you know, Nuggie reminds me of. He just anything, Everything is about winning and, and about the team first uh, kind of mentality, which is awesome. Yeah, his own performance was very good too, I thought. I mentioned it in, when we had um, the golden one on just before, but I thought the flat balls that he delivered like, were just, they were what ignited our back line in, in some pretty sort of uh, tight real estate down that blind side in particular. So his pass is, is you know, it's, it's synonymous with his, his performance and everyone talks about it, but even under the pressure situations of a Bledisloe and a tight contest, and the fact it was his hundredth test, he stood up and and delivered, and and uh, it was it was impressive to see. And we're hoping he might even join us later on in the week, with a bit of luck, if we can get a hold of him. Another contact list for you is you're just ticking them off, mate, reeling well, through them. I can actually can I can actually confirm the day and time of that interview, so we won't be going in there with with the Will Carling kind of admin that we rode with, with him. And I actually messaged... That's because it's midweek, not, not Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll be a little bit more organised tonight. Sorry, lads. I was still on weekend mode. But, um, yeah, we can confirm we're going to chat to Aaron Smith this week about last week and what it felt like to play 100 games. So, yeah, we can confirm. We'll get them online. That's how deep we roll with it, our contacts. Hey, eh, Bez? Yeah, that's right. We, I mean, you're well in front at the moment, I must say. It's well in front. <laughs> but I've got a few to come. Not all of them yeah. are necessarily the most popular of people, but they will polarise slightly, and that's good for <laughs> our view. That's, that's good for the people that follow us and listen to us as well. So we'll look forward Who's to some of them. On, mate? A Who's couple coming of them on, Oh, I think we might get a bit of warning at some point, although he's got COVID at the yes. moment. So he's... Um, He's dealing with that, <laughs> and so he's got his 
He's got his head in the mask, so he's no good to talk on the radio at the moment. But he's going to come on at some stage, and and you know him as well. And we're bound to have a bit of fun when he does get yep. back to a bit of bit of good health. But we've had some great guests today as well. Helene Wilson was really impressive for me. I, I, I was really impressed with how mm. she just talked about the environment and, and what they've been able to create at the Mystics. And obviously Tom Walsh, we know him well. He's a good man and talks a lot of sense for a big, big man as well. So, and then we obviously Jeff Wilson and, and Will Carling. So we've had some huge guests here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast again, this time on Monday, the 9th of August. And we are in the final throws of our show before we hand over to the Doyen, which is Ian Smith. It is 14 minutes to nine. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Together with Rebel Sport, who are celebrating 25 years, we are compiling New Zealand's top 25 sporting moments from the last 25 years. Text any time on double eight double three what you should think should be in the list. We'll compile them and count them down from Thursday. And when you do text, of course, you could come away with a temper bed valued at $10,000. It's a queen-size bed for text of the month. And the text of the week wins a temper pillow worth $299. A great one in here. Someone backing up Maddie Keane from North Canterbury talking about Kane Evans had a stellar performance of the, for the old Warriors. Cheers, Geordie Gray on the text line. But it is time for sleep on it. Thanks to temper, they've got mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Baz, what were you asking Smithy on Friday? Uh, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But I just wanted to welcome Smithy in, actually. Good morning, Smithy. Uh, morning, gentlemen. All right? Yep, no, we're good. We're good. We've uh, we've had an interesting morning, but it's been a fun morning, mate. But anyway, um, the All Blacks, you were there on Saturday night. Do you want to just give us a quick summation of what you thought? Oh, I thought it was underwhelming. The whole thing, really, to be fair. I, I thought, um, uh, you know, they, they started averagely and they finished very averagely. So they're not the traits of an all-black side that we used to see. We used to see impact off the bench. Well, the only impact off the bench was the Wallaby impact. So I thought uh, it was a disappointing performance. Um, you know, happy because they won, of course. It could have been worse. They could have lost, but they won. Uh, but perhaps not to, to the, the standards that, that they wanted. They were pretty bullish afterwards because they wanted to celebrate uh, Aaron Smith's uh, achievement and, and the presentation, etc. There, so they, they were pretty bullish and pretty happy in that kind of a mood. But I think they'll be talking a little bit more seriously about it this morning. A little bit of detail on that, Smitty. What What do you think it was? They're very pretty. They're pretty lateral on attack, especially in those first twenty-five minutes. Yeah, they didn't have any go forward at all. I didn't think really until they found uh, that bit of magic from Moonga on their own goal line. I really didn't think they found mm. a whole lot of go forward. Richie, um, Richie Moonga actually is he at the most uh, yards run, 82. Uh, yep. You know, yards run forward, 82. So I think that illustrates the point. And when you consider that 70 of them were an intercept try, uh, I think you, you, you really, you've pretty much nailed it in terms of going ac- across the field, not down the field. Uh, and so mm. I, I think that's probably an issue that they'll be looking at, to be fair. Uh, but they, they just didn't seem to have a lot and, and a lot of variation as well. They didn't want to appear to turn them around very often. Um, you know, uh, th- this new 50-22 kicking rule never used by either side on a night that there was quite a lot of wind involved. I thought that might have been a factor. I think Australia probably missed a trick or two as well. So they'll be they'll be a little bit disappointed with the way they went. And Dave Rennie was pretty uh, philosophical about the whole deal really afterwards and the refereeing. I mean, how many penalties were there? I, I haven't actually seen the official count, but there was a lot without one yellow card. I know that. 
Yeah, it was about 24-25, and you're right, without a yellow card. So that was disappointing, a little bit underwhelming. But what has been fantastic has been the Olympics and the real celebration as well. And we asked you on Friday, Smitty, in our temper sleep on a question, we asked you, is this our best Olympics ever? Have you had a good chance to think? I, I think it is, yeah. I, you get a bit knee-jerky, don't you? You know, when you talk about something that's just happened and you sort of tend to forget the past, but... I think this uh, is our best Olympics ever uh, for a, a few reasons. I mean, you know, we got medals in from uh, two or three unlikely candidates. So I think that was good. Uh, you know, we, we also, they had to go about it in, under doubt, really. Was it ever going to go ahead? So that's a, as a competitor, that's in your mind. Then there's no fans. So you have to make your own fun, your own atmosphere and that sort of thing. And so they got through all that. I mean, all the athletes in all the countries got through that, but they got through that really, really well. The camaraderie was fantastic. And I, I just kind of I got a warm, the warm fuzzies about it, to be fair. And, and our performance mm. was, uh, I think, matched that. It was, it, it, was, it was really good. We're talking to Mike Stanley shortly, actually. He's the president of New Zealand Olympic Committee. Uh, so he'll wrap it up for us. I'm sure it'll be glowing, but let's not forget it's only three years away till the next one in Paris. And, and so far, I haven't heard anyone retiring or saying they won't be there. So we can look at a, perhaps a, a similar-looking team with a, a, a bit of extra chucked in and um, <clears throat> some, some experience to bank from it. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what, what comes out of it. But, yeah, really cool. Really good, cool. I slept on it for, what, awesome. 16 nights. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how's about this text as well, Smitty? I think you'll enjoy this. We've got this fellow, Brian, who loves just driving it into us. He said, hi, boys, looking for Darren Smith interview. Do you think you might prepare a few questions beforehand? What Brian hasn't worked out is, <laughs> as you rightly said, right at the very start of all of this SNZ world, we are the colouring in in the show, and you are the cryptic crosswords. If they want prepared questions, jump on and listen to Ian Smith 9 till 12, and you'll get a different flavour. If you want to have a laugh and a joke, <laughs> listen to Izzy and I in the mornings. We compliment one another across this station, Brian. Is that fair, Smitty? Oh, no, that's fair. It is fair. <laughs> I, I noticed uh, I, I, I should I actually got to get some some more crayons for you guys. You must be running out. So <laughs> it's, really... <laughs> it's funny when I put in Brian's number in my own phone, it comes up in Smith. So it's quite staggering. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, Smithy. <laughs> oh. Oh. Anyway, mate, yeah. have you a great show today, and me, uh, yeah. we we okay. look forward to listening as well. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate you taking some time for us as well. That was Ian Smith, the voice of sport in New Zealand. And his show is up very, very soon as we wind down Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Oh, that's brilliant. That is hilarious. It's been a good show, though, Is What do you think, mate? It's been great. It was great to hear uh, Smithy's uh, you know, little words about the, the All Blacks. And the one thing, you know, in the review, we always speak about the reviews. And I know Steve Henson, um, you know, he, I know I've been in a few of his reviews. He held players to account, you know, whether they were right, whether they did things well, whether they did things wrong. So I only hope that today's review, there is a little bit of how to accountability for what went on on the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, this week pans out. And we know the All Blacks will be very disappointed. As fans, we want our All Blacks to perform and get the win. But it's the way they go around it. So, yeah, today will be interesting to see if... Uh, if they've been held to account. Yeah, it will be interesting. And I guess that's why Smitty's been so successful as a commentator and as a pundit and across rugby and cricket. 
because his ability to dissect the game and actually look at it without emotion too. He's obviously clearly a fan mm. um, of the All Blacks and, and yep. New Zealand cricket teams and things, but, he's, but his ability to still look at a performance and say, well, that was good, that wasn't, and then put his name yep. to that, that kind of statement too. So, yeah, some lessons in there for us as well, I'm sure is, but no, he's an absolute legend and I'm sure Ian Foster and that coaching staff will be having some pretty serious conversations around a couple of areas they need to improve and You've pointed out a few of them already today, as did Jeff Wilson and as did Ian Smith, and one of them is discipline, which they will need to improve because they won't get away with. Hey, mate, I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow, though. Penalties. Looking forward to tomorrow's show. Bears, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. Hopefully we're going to get our our good friend Lydia Coe on to have a wee chat to her about what's been going on at the Olympics and her successes lately. So it'll be good to chat. So we've got some good... We've got some good... Um, some good you know, things to be talking about later in the week. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun week ahead of us. That's right. Izzy's contact list strikes again tomorrow with Lydia Coe. We've had some great guests today. Helene Wilson, Tom Walsh, Jeff Wilson and Will Carling, just to name a few. It's been good fun and we have certainly enjoyed ourselves as well here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to our team. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Ka kitiana. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.